0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the AT with you and me. I'm your host Ruben Dryblatt, trail name Squeaks. Very excited to be with you. We have a extra special main edition pod. Uh, as I say these words, I have an unbelievable scene unfolding in front of my very eyes. But we're gonna get in that. We're gonna get to that in a second.
1: Hey, hey. Yo, baby. <laughs>
0: Uh, That's explainable uh, by our lovely guest today, Delicate Flower. Uh, Please introduce yourself.
2: Hi, I'm Delicate Flower. My name is Owen Seacrest in real life, but I'm not in real life. I'm out hiking the Appalachian Trail, and... Getting really close to hitting my halfway point, which is only a few hundred miles south of Katahdin. Is that right? A few hundred miles? Yeah.
0: It's, it's less, like, than less than 250. Less than 250. Yeah, I think less than 250 at this point.
2: So I'm a northbound hiker doing a flip-flop out of Shenandoah. i amazing. A little, little longer in the tooth than these, <laughs> these gentlemen in front of me, but uh, still middle-aged. Yeah. And, uh, I like to carry a big, heavy 45, 50-pound pack when I'm hiking DAT, which makes me a
0: dinosaur on yeah, the Yeah, definitely an outlier. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm impressed yeah. that you can, you made it this far with all that stuff. It, it takes yeah. a lot of energy. It takes a lot of willpower.
2: Yeah, is, the funny thing is I don't even know what my, makes my pack that much heavier. I'm basically carrying all the same shit as everybody else with like a few extra things but um one of the extra things is extra water
0: for my dog right we have heavy. to mention
1: timber yeah mm-hmm. which, of course we will mention
0: so that was that was uh what we heard earlier
1: uh, <laughs> the little was, dog was
0: timber and uh it's, it's levi is the other levi dog. yeah levi the other dog. we're yep. at the hiker hut in uh maine in Rangely. Southern maine, Rangely, maine. southern maine
1: lake Rangely.
0: It was it was stunning. Our uh, shuttle driver took us to a, a great spot
1: by the uh, saw sunset over the lake. Yeah, what was that? The gym reflection of the yeah. pine
0: trees. Rangeley Lake. Rangeley yeah, Lake. It was stunning. It was, it was stunning. We're all hoping to see a moose, but uh, I, I I didn't mean to, uh, to to cut you off. You're talking about that your pack uh, makes you a dinosaur. I know. Before. Oh yeah, yeah. And
2: I just because I'm carrying a lot of uh, right, lot first of stuff. aid stuff. Right. I'm carrying. Uh, Still have a twenty-degree bag. Still have my hat, my gloves, my puffy. Um, but that's how I learned to hike. Like you, you prepare for the
0: worst, and that's what you take. Yeah, so. I think in this kind of terrain, that it, that's probably a, you know the right strategy. I mean, definitely pack scale. Pack scale and I have. Uh, you know, relatively, I'd say middle of the weight bags, from what I can tell. We're uh, like, oh, yeah, what for are we sure. doing? Like We're within
1: standard balance, twenty-five yeah. to thirty. Somewhere pounds, between twenty-five something. and thirty-two. That's yeah. like pretty much middle of the pack for sure. Yeah, I think so. And that's like a very like that's what our Osprey packs are really rated to, right. as well. Like the I have like a pretty lightweight pack. It's really only good up to like thirty-four pounds. Any more than that, and it really like kind of it doesn't fit quite right. It's not super comfortable anymore. Mm. Well, what what brand are you, are you rocking? Then? So I'm
2: actually I actually started with an Osprey. I had a Aether 60, okay. and I was <laughs> my doggy friend. And I was stuffing the back stretch panel with with so much stuff that I was afraid I was going to start losing gear. Mm. And uh, so I ended I walked into. Uh, the outfitters in. Gosh, what was it? Was it Le, no? It wasn't Lorraine. Front Royal. Front Royal. Yeah. At the end, oh.
0: at the end of Shenandoah.
2: Yes. yes, and it, right on Main Street in uh, Front Royal, mm-hmm. awesome Outfitters. I forget their name, which sucks. But... Yeah,
0: I, I got I got new shoes there as, as well, actually.
2: Yeah, it's the only Outfitters it's in the Front outfitter. Royal, yeah. so you, you can still find it. And there's it. that
0: big, uh, <laughs> there's a big uh, like picture right outside of it. They, uh, yep. didn't we take we took have, a picture? yeah we have
1: a we have a photo with the mural.
0: Yeah, with the mural. I in don't the remember background.
1: if they have N'jinji's or not. Uh, yeah, injinge socks. So
2: I so I walked in there to buy fuel. For my stove, and I was having this backpack problem. And I looked over, and he, and the owner was stuffing, you know, the hollow bags into the, this pack to like put oh, it out on oh the yeah, sto- yeah. display. Sure. And I looked at it, and I was like, "Wow, that suspension looks amazing on that pack." Yeah. And I was, I said to the guy, "How big is that?" He said, "70 liters," and that's exactly <laughs> like I had been hiking with 60, and I kept yeah. told my my best buddy a couple times like. I run into a 70 liter pack, I might have to buy it and like ship <laughs> the other one home. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, Mystery Ranch uh, pack, which I don't think I'll, you know, I think it's like right on the fringe of being familiar to a lot of hikers, but a lot uh, of people yeah, haven't, I haven't heard of it. Yeah. So, what's interesting about these packs is that there was a company back in, I think maybe late 80s, 90s called Dana Design. And they made these phenomenal, like load hauler packs, like full suspension. Like mm. you could not make, you know, fifty pounds feel more comfortable than to put it on a Dana Designs pack. So uh, I believe Dana Gleason was the name of the guy, the designer, the owner. He sold his pack division off to K2. They ran it into the ground. Mm. And so now he's got this new company, Mystery Ranch, and he's oh, making. Okay. They're great packs. They're right. heavier packs. They like. They're really good if you're carrying like forty or more pounds. I like, would, I'd be interested to
0: try it on. I want to yeah. kind of want to try it on. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. you bet. Because you know, I, 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 that's the, the way you're talking about the suspension. I mean, it sounds, the, the Osprey decent suspension. I'm curious to hear what 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 PackScale thinks. But I mean, it, it, I've been finding that my bag has kind of been sagging a little bit of late personally but what what is is your is your experience just like is it like the best bag you've ever had
2: i mean it depends what you're looking for like if you were going out for a certain number of days you're going to carry a certain amount of weight maybe you'd want the osprey instead but it's like to me it's not about like what's better this that the ultralight the the heavy pack like it's not about that it's about what you want to do Mm. and like what the best piece of equipment is for that and uh, sometimes, you know, your osprey is going to be the best piece of equipment for what you're doing. Right. And honestly, my pack is overkill. I'm traveling with a dog that adds some weight. I'm overly cautious. Um, so I'm carrying, like, usually 45 to 50 pounds. I carry a lot of food. Um, and this pack will carry that. And it would carry more than that. Mm. And it would be fine. And, and then that's... It's my philosophy it's, of packs. packs. So yeah. It's It's not about what's right. better. It's about what's the right tool right. for the job.
0: Right. And yeah. the background was the the boy. Sorry, the background <clears> was uh, Boy Scout from uh, the Boy Scouts and what what you learned from them of you know being. Prepared. Yeah,
2: like always be prepared. Right, right. Yeah.
0: Stephen's an Eagle Scout. I was.
1: Yeah. I was in the Boy Scouts as well. <laughs> uh, uh, I will weigh in on the pack. The pack is here yeah. for sure. Uh, I've been on a couple winter campouts. And I know that the Osprey that I have now is not the backpack that I'll take if I go on any winter campouts, because it's just a little too small for taking all the stuff that I would need to get through the actual like snow and ice. So it mm-hmm. definitely does come down to the situation. If we wanted to do some rock climbing while we're out here, we'd need much larger bags for all the massive coils of rope. Sure.
0: I'd like to do some rock climbing. That'd be pretty cool. Um, so with Delica Fair, I want to talk to you about uh, your dog Timber. That's oh, oh here, <laughs> right on cue. Uh, um, you know that's part of the reason you have to have the heavier pack is you know you're carrying extra gear for the doggy. Um, and I'm curious what kind of you don't need to give me obviously a full state by state breakdown, but what has been uh, in terms of you know the different states uh, and Timber's relationship to the to the trail. Like uh, have certain states been easier more exciting harder for you know, the dog obviously i'm interested in your experience too but yeah. <laughs> the, the dog is the dog is unique because yeah. we don't know i mean you're only the third person i think that i've seen who's actually hiking the trail with their dog
1: and you're making serious progress yeah and you're making a lot yeah. of progress
0: one of them <laughs> dropped dropped out seemingly yeah i the only the you know, only other dog in the pooch uh cheech in the pooch that guy right and that's is another you know another guy
2: Yeah, so there was a guy that I was hiking with uh, with a husky who was basically trying to do his twenty twenty hike, and uh, his husk they dropped out because of heat. I mean, huskies they're just built for cold weather. So Um, Timber has, I don't know that he's had any particular state that was really hard for him yeah. I mean he's he's an extremely athletic and agile dog yeah. and uh, for him it's just I think how long you go in a day like you can make him too tired but right. within that window it doesn't matter he, he's he's been up for every state he did New Hampshire a lot easier than I did
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: uh, what, what's more uh, what's more difficult for timber going up or going down
2: I would say going, maybe going up. I mean, he, he does well on both. It uh, Going down, I always think it's kind of funny. I think dogs are extremely good at, like, really leaning forward and putting all their weight on their front paws to the point where I think most of them could probably walk on their front paws if they needed to. But, uh, yeah, it, like, he goes down stuff where I'm just, like,
0: how did your ass not fall over your head yeah. like right but he Very he just confusing. does it yeah so he's he's right under the table as well i'm i'm, I'm actively <laughs> petting timber while this is conversation timber a good dog timber's a great dog yeah <laughs> i think he is um so uh tell me you you haven't been able to go to many hut uh many huts uh many hostels right because of in part because of Timber, is that also we were you just like not really as much of a hostile guy, or what's your take on it?
2: I mean, I think, I think it's both. I think uh, when you have that extra consideration of like, will they allow a dog or not allow a dog, and you have to like call and find out, and you get you start hearing some no's. Um, for me, I just it shifted my mindset a little bit, so mm-hmm. that I just wasn't even looking to go in. Uh, as much right. as maybe I would have in other circumstances, it's just harder, right? Uh, with a dog to get accommodations, and you you know that going in, and that's one of the trade-offs, you know.
1: Any any questions, Pax? Thank you very much for that input on the dog. Uh, it's very exciting to have a friend out here on the trail with you who is soft and fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So, now so have you notice like do you, do you always sleep with your dog in the tent or does, does Timber hang out outside? Like what's going on at, at night?
2: No, he's, he's definitely always in the tent. Nice. Um, he has his own sleeping pad that I carry for him and uh, so that's right beside mine. Now, his is a uh, Nemo switchback, nice while mine is a nice four-inch air-filled <laughs> Big Agnes uh, oh, yes, I know. Wow. sleeping pad. So there are times when we have a bit of cl- conflict as he tries to figure out how he can worm his way onto my sleeping pad.
1: <laughs>
2: but, uh, yeah, he's definitely two-person tent so that we have plenty of room. Um, I'll plug the uh, Durston. The uh, Dan Durston uh, XMID 2P on drop. Uh, Great tank. Whoa, 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 Wait, wait,
1: wait, whoa. What did you, what did you <laughs> what just did say? You just so the
2: designer, Dan <laughs> yeah. Durston. That's the guy who did the packs, right? The suspension. No, no, no. <laughs> totally different guy. That what? was uh, uh, Dana. That was Dana oh. Gleason. Dana. Dana and Design. Oh, sorry. Okay, okay. So, no, no, no. This is drop. XMID mid two P is the, the the name of the tent I have, and it was designed by Dan Durston, and he designed it in a fashion mathematically where you like you could not make an equally spacious tent out of you couldn't make it lighter. It's like wow. maximize so That's to incredible. use like the least amount of material. I've seen your tent. Your tent's big. It's got. Some, it's very big. It's, and how heavy is it? Uh. <sighs> The top of my head, I think it's like two pounds six ounces for the fly in the tent, really, which is pretty good. I mean, it damn, you know, it's not bad. <laughs> that's um, yeah, that's, that's, don't that's. quote me on that, it could be off, <laughs> <all, laughs> but uh, I'm pretty we'll, sure that's somewhere we'll in look, the ballpark. No, we'll Look it up, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's just tent fly, so you know, stakes are going to be more and whatnot. And I carry a footprint that I made, they don't, there's no factory made one, so I sewed one, it was nice actually you, pretty fun because i'd never sewed before so. yeah what material is <sighs> i'm not going to remember the weight but it was like a cell nylon i got it but from uh rip stop by the roll which is like Excellent. A, never no. heard of them or? Nah, nah. no so know. it's just they uh rip stop by the roll they they sell um material nylon. yeah for backpack making backpacking stuff i mean everything high Dynema, performance anything that's
1: really cool high performance plastics
2: yeah it's super cool. Um, so I got how much, how much did it cost? Did you get the footprint? Yeah. I don't remember. It was probably <laughs> like right. under twenty dollars. Okay. okay. Yeah. How much was the?
0: If you don't cool. mind me asking, how much is the tent?
2: Tent three hundred dollars.
0: Damn, that's yeah. a solid price that's, point. I mean, that's, that's I spent just the same amount, if not a little more, on my Big Agnes uh, Fly Creek UL two, mm-hmm. um, designed by Mister Big Agnes himself. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you can call him Bigly, though. Uh, we're, on a, we're on a first name basis, but uh, yeah, and it's—I mean, it's—it's it's very good for one person. For two, it's a little snug. But I, I've seen yours. Yours seems mine. Mine is a true spacious
2: like two-person tent. Spacious. I can even yeah, you, yeah it's spacious. It's, you can <laughs> sit upright in it. Either both people can sit upright. Wow, yeah. that's, <laughs> um, that's good. When you break the tent down, like if it's, say it's raining outside and I break the tent down and I, I take the tent down, and the fly's still up. It's yeah. using my trekking poles. Right. And uh, I, can, I can stand bent over under the fly. Can you imagine such a thing?
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they all just got super quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, our, our,
0: our background noise uh, dropped from about an eight can to we, a two. Can you be a quiet,
1: well, um...
0: So clearly they could not imagine. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I'll just weigh in on that as well, you know, as a hammocker, I just set up my fly at like a height that like works, so I usually pack up underneath it, but at a certain point you gotta exit. <laughs> like you gotta go out there in the rain and take down the rest of your stuff and shove it in your backpack while it's still sopping wet, and then just keep go out and start hiking on the trail with water like dripping down out of your pack. Yeah,
0: I mean today was a rainy main day. We uh, met up at Sabbath Pond uh, Shelter uh, around lunchtime. Uh, you had a delicious uh, mountain house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not eat enough, and, uh, <laughs> but did change into warm clothing. Uh, let's talk about Maine, seeing as that's the state we're in, the, the final frontier of the East. Uh, I, I've been trying to, along with Steven, kind of come up with nicknames for the states. Mm. Um, so, of course, Pennsylvania was, you know, where, where, uh, where shoes go to die, or Roxylvania, and then Stephen, you had one. You remember? I'm setting you up.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure. It was remember.
0: Pennsylvania.
1: Pennsylvania.
0: Oh, was nice. Very Pennsylvania. so I'm trying to think of very one for nice. like Maine. Maine. Uh, mainly rain. Yeah, mainly rain or only remains. <laughs> 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 I'm, uh, I'm trying to That's mainly uh, on the plains. Wait, how, did get, how did we get? Mm, see, New Hampshire for me was a uh, New Hampshire shower because I got we got rained on poor basically eye. every okay. day. Uh, yeah. Almost every day.
1: Twelve out of fourteen days it rained
0: on us. I'd also like to say Timber's now lying down on my foot. <laughs> it's nice though. I like. <laughs> it's incredible. Um so yeah, anything off the dome. Oh man. It's, it's hard with a one syllable word. Man. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so if I, here, we'll give you a couple. So Vermont was Vermud. <laughs> uh Massachusetts was Rootsachusetts or Massa Rootsits. <laughs> um Connecticut we didn't i we couldn't really
1: Connecticut was not, happening Connecticut's so small and it yeah. has too many syllables I was thinking convict because it should be jailed
2: really it's it's
0: definitely what I would call a stretch
2: they had really nice shelters
0: though so Okay, but uh, regardless, anyway, your 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 main experience. What would, would you I mean, say it's what you expected? Have you been here before?
2: Honestly, uh, it, it's better than I expected so far, and okay. the reason I say that is because uh, I had a really hard time coming through New Hampshire. Yeah, uh, it's brutal. It's difficult. It's grueling, and I talked to a couple different people who. I would be like, well, but it's going to get better in Maine. And they would be like, well, it's still really wilderness there. Mm. And I'm thinking, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I started to get really nervous that Maine was not going to be easier, mm. tolerable uh, after New Hampshire. New Hampshire. And, yeah. I've found it to be. I think the mountains start to get more mellow. The climbs are easier. Definitely. It, 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 there's no question. And just simple things like, like there's rebar on sections that are really slippery. Right. Which in, in I think almost the
0: entire state of New Hampshire, I, I don't think I ever saw rebar
1: might have been like two or three at most yeah <laughs> so re-
0: rebar for non-hikers is when there's a, a very steep grade and there's a lot of slippery open face rock it's like a cliff and, and yeah, <laughs> it's not
1: so much a grade usually a cliff. a cliff and they and it's they like put six or eight
0: feet they put metal uh rebar which is a type of uh material typically used in construction <laughs> and it's uh, bent and uh, essentially jammed into the rock. I wonder what the pro- I mean I guess they, yeah, drill, they drill into drill the rock and, and yeah. 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 I, I think guess. they epoxy
2: it in. Oh, so do they? The okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, and it's and but it 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 holds and it makes it makes the climbs uh you know much much more manageable. Yeah, yeah. which isn't available in New Hampshire at all. <laughs> <laughs> Unavailable
1: in your <North laughs> state. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> and so I I've, I've just found I you're in the woods more, mm. which is something I love about hiking and backpacking, like my reason to do it is I want to be in the woods and so after there's that contrast with New Hampshire of like you're doing a lot of hiking on rocky piles of rock. They're really high piles of rock. Yeah. Crazy. Um, And when you're not doing that you're in a particular kind of sort of um, ecosystem that's very different from hiking in in the forest with deciduous trees mixed in with conifers and um i missed that and yeah. i'm getting it again in maine right. so i i feel sort of reinvigorated at this point
0: i love that i mean it's it couldn't be more true new hampshire was there was so many i mean the the ridge after mount washington even mount washington itself that we did i mean it's just all rocks. I mean, there
1: was. I mean, there was like a couple shrubs, maybe. <laughs> we also <laughs> the had very little Shrubs are few visibility. and far between, though, compared to the amount of rocks. Yeah. Now, Maine is beautiful. It was crazy I how know. they weren't stuck together. They were all jumbled up. <laughs> yeah. It was like a big. There weren't any like just just big solid chunks like coming over uh, the previous mountain today, Beamus Mount Beamus.
0: Yeah, Mount Beamus. It, it
1: had like a long like. I don't know, saddle or horseback or whatever it's called, where it was just this big smooth sheet of, like, granite or whatever Mm. stone it was. And we hiked on it for, like, two miles and pretty much stayed at nearly the same elevation. It was just this one very hard, like, sheet. But it had a lot of plants growing on it. It did. It
0: was cool. It was really cool. There was some delicious blueberries, a little tart, uh, but still good. Apparently tart, perhaps, not just because of the acidity in the soil and the elevation, but also because uh, they've all... Uh, all, all three of these sort of New England states that we've been talking about uh, have been in a pretty big drought for the last three years, and that could be changing the uh, flavor molecule according to my dad. We'll see what he says uh, after he hears this uh, <laughs> but but no, I mean i I love the being in the woods aspect as well. You don't always need to just be on top of the ridge on top of the mountain like uh, it's I don't know it's 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 been it's been great. in my my opinion so far challenging in parts but but great and i'm looking forward to yeah we're right on the verge of of saddleback which is going to be a good good climb up reminiscent of some of the whites
1: one two three south saddleback
0: (laughs) north saddleback and the horn the horn don't forget about the horn (laughs) uh yeah so that's uh it's pretty exciting um, any uh, closing uh, closing
1: thoughts? I'm um, I think it's getting a little May. late tonight. It's getting a little cloudy. It is nine thirty. Um, I agree. do need to I do need to set up my hammock and go to sleep. Sure, so we will. We'll put the we'll put the finishing you all touches for on this. Your attendance. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to the audience. Yeah,
0: uh, we'll be interesting to hear how uh, the maestro Jake uh, is able to. <laughs> <laughs> should I say, that's his Instagram handle, how he's able to mix and master this audio, but uh, he did a great job with episode five and four, and uh, uh, I look forward to, to seeing what he does. Delicate Flower, thank you so much uh, oh, you're... for being on the pod. Thanks for having me. Uh, amazing insights on, on not just Maine, but uh, we really covered a wide variety. That's great, and awesome that you're hiking with uh, a dog, and you've made it this far. I mean, it's incredibly impressive. So Thank you. Uh, you know, uh, we're looking forward to uh, the end of this nobo flip and then doing the sobo flop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, peace out, everyone. Thank you for listening to the pod, and uh, more later. Oh, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the pod. This is part two of episode six. Wanted to do a little little extra content on this pod. Um, there were some questions that were posed in the first part that I wanted to answer in the second part. Didn't want to leave anybody hanging. We all know how we feel about cliffhangers. Very dangerous area to be hiking on. Um, so, yeah, you know, quite a bit has happened since uh, part one of the pod, which was on July 16th. It is now... Uh, July 25th, as I record this. Um, So, some time has passed. Some things have changed. We've stayed at a few more hostels since the last one. So part one was at the Hiker Hut. We also stayed at Hostel of Maine for one evening. We stayed at the Roadhouse for one evening. And this is being recorded at Shaw's Hostel in Monson, which is the last town for northbound hikers. Um weather has been intermittent since, uh, we last spoke. So, you know, that's part of the reason we've been staying at the hostels, but also, you know, we, uh, we enjoy seeing the sights, seeing town, seeing other hikers, getting a little time off the trail. It's, it's good for the soul, good for the body too. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've been, we've been dabbling around a little bit, and I will say, out of all the hostels, this one is very nice, Shaw's is very nice, and it's a, it's an old school one, uh, it's been around since this, uh, since 77, but, uh, the Roadhouse, which is actually a very new hostel, only about three and a half weeks old, uh, is just outstanding, I cannot recommend it enough, uh, located just outside Stratton, Maine, uh, really a, a damn good time, so, Highly recommend if you're hiking to hit the Roadhouse, or even if you're just passing through Maine, swing on by. They're very friendly. No one's gonna, no one's gonna bite. Um, so yeah, that's just a little one to give you a little taste of the hostels. We also met an incredible person at the hostel of Maine who was doing a yo-yo through hike. So he started in about mid-February, got to Katahdin, and then turned around and said, "Hey, why not do?" a little bit more, and by a little bit more, I mean the entire trail, again, in the other direction, so that was, I I can't really say eye-opening, I mean, it was part inspiring, part stupefying, Uh, it was a little hard to comprehend, if we're gonna be honest, I, I couldn't really believe that he was doing it, until the next day when I was hiking, and I saw him going south, and he was indeed doing it, so, yeah, really, um, you know, something I didn't think was necessarily real. And I thought people were just kind of, you know, joking around and they're like, Oh, you know, I'm going to yo-yo when I finish or whatever. But he was real. He was really doing it. So props to that guy. Uh, I don't really fully remember his trail name. It was something with a B bad, bad land, bad man, bada bing. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> yeah, crazy, uh, to witness that and to, to meet someone like that. Um, So, yeah, he was at the Hostel of Maine. Um, Another thing, something that was raised in the first part of the pod was delicate flowers, pack weight, um, and pack just in general. You know, he talked up the suspension, Dana Design, of course, um, a well-known pack designer. Uh, So I uh, had the pleasure of trying on his pack before he had hiked in it for a day and made it all sweaty uh, while it was nice and dry. And I will say it, it really was a fantastic Pack uh, Mystery Ranch, I believe, is the is the company he was he was talking about. And I mean, for a seventy liter pack that had that much stuff in it for him and his dog, I mean, it was quite quite comfortable. I it was firmly pressed up against the back, superb suspension. I mean, stellar padding. It was. I mean, it felt like a tortoise shell. I mean, I could have, I would have not have known it was separate from the body itself. It really. It felt like a cohesive part of uh, the entire experience. So, I don't know, maybe that could be a pack for the future. You know, I'm liking my Osprey, but um, I've definitely, maybe because it's the weight loss or whatnot, but I've had some back pain at times. I have a little harder time now getting it to really press up firmly against my back. I don't know if it's a pack issue. I don't know if it's a. Uh, uh, me not knowing what I'm doing issue, me having lost too much weight. So still kind of sussing that out, but you never know. Maybe for the Sobo flop, I'll uh, try to go with a different different pack, something, maybe a mystery ranch, perhaps. Take a little ride in the mystery ranch. I didn't get to see Delicate Flowers, 10th, or I didn't get to try out Delicate Flowers 10th. I have seen it. It is quite remarkable. I know it is on drop, um, as they say, or as he said, which was uh, a funny moment in part one of the pod, one of my favorite parts of the part one of the pod uh, when he talks about his tent. So, uh, hopefully I can try that out at some point. Um, but, uh, for now we'll just have to believe him on, on how great it is. Um, what else, what else? Well, I also wanted to mention, you know, the White Mountains. They, we talked about them a little bit with Delicate Flower, but, uh, you know, he, he just really, he, he talked about the, the difficulty of the terrain, which is, 100% 100% accurate, I mean it is by far the most difficult terrain on the trail um, the trail itself is heavily eroded and very difficult to hike on because there just really isn't much to step on outside of wet roots and slick rocks um, at very very steep grades so it makes me think you know you know, they, the ATC and these trail clubs are pretty content on constantly adjusting the trail and sort of Remarking and reblazing, perhaps uh, the White Mountains might get a little reblazed at some point, and they'll, you know, be reconfigured to be a little more hiker friendly and maybe a little less just difficult for the sake of being difficult, because there really is no need for them to be quite as strenuous as they are. I mean, I'm all for a challenge and a difficult hike, but uh, it's you know, it's 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 just really unnecessarily dangerous in parts, and um, I think all that erosion. Kind of indicates that it should probably be shifted a little bit because, uh, you know, we'd like—I don't know—I'd like the trail to not. I mean, the trail is always going to have an impact on the environment, but certainly uh, the environment in that in that area has been heavily impacted and could probably use a little time to to recover. <laughs> so that's my thoughts on the White Mountains, uh, the Prezies as uh, some people call them. I like that every mountain range has a little. Uh, shortened (laughs) nickname, the Prezies, the Shennies, the Smokies, the Greenies. Uh, That's not really a real real one, but um, regardless, yeah, that was kind of our experience in the White Mountains. Uh, Very difficult, rained a ton, as mentioned. Uh, The huts were a saving grace, which were these really nice structures put in by the AMC, which is a trail club that uh, covers that region, and uh, they had hot soup and uh, baked goods and whatnot. So, that was really great, considering how difficult uh, the terrain was and how crummy the weather was. You know, we got rained on 12 out of 14 days. So to have those nice huts peppered out, peppered throughout the, the White Mountain, White Mountains, uh, made it more more manageable. You know, you're able to really get out of the rain into a warm spot and get some hot food in you that you didn't have to make yourself. So that went a long way. So thank you to all the hut workers. Uh, who Who made that possible, especially one in particular uh, really uh, caught my eye with her hospitality. Her name was Dahlia. I will uh, recommend the the podcast to her. Hopefully she gives a, a listen, but it was a uh, pleasure making her acquaintance. Um, really got to see the the huts for what they were and uh, you know meet the meet the workers uh, where they 're at and uh, hear more about. Uh, you know their experience because they have a whole different way of looking at it, right? They get waves of through hikers. They're there for you know a set amount of time, but they have to hike between hut to hut. You know it's an interesting uh, way of life and kind of summer gig. Um, so cool, cool meeting uh, the hut workers and uh, great spending some time with uh, Dalia. Um, what else? What else? So. We had a fun moment at the Spalding Mountain Shelter, uh, which is in southern Maine, one of the last, sort of one of the last big mountains that we get in southern Maine, uh, before Katahdin, of course, in northern Maine. Uh, And it was raining cats and dogs that day when we got to the Spalding Shelter. We did like six miles there, decided to get in the shelter, get a little warm, wait out the rain. There was a bunch of other hikers there, mostly southbounders. And this one chap came who was actually from Washington and was. An amateur mycologist of sorts had a, a very extensive knowledge of the mushrooms of the local terrain and was able to point out chanterelles that were growing uh, around the camp uh, and around the trail. And I, I love chanterelles. It was one of the original mushrooms that I foraged uh, with my dad when I was younger. So, I, you know, I have a little bit of an eye for them, but I certainly hadn't really been thinking about it. Uh, but he pointed them out, and since then, um, you know, me and Stephen saw quite a few. Um, and, uh, yeah, so this guy came into the shelter with a whole bag of them. Uh, and we had a little olive oil in a cook pot and sauteed it up and the whole shelter ate some delicious, wildly foraged mushrooms while we waited out the rain. It was, it was really nice. Um, and it's not really something I had done before of kind of just like, not just like pushing through the rain and hiking or whatever and getting soaked and just, you know, taking a little, uh, take a little midday siesta, accepting the fact that the weather was really crummy and would hopefully clear and enjoying some time with fellow hikers so that was a lot of fun and um, kind of a you know unique experience so far on the trail it hadn't happened to me funny enough that uh, a similar situation happened just the other day um, with a southbounder who there was a big cloud burst, and they set up their tarp in the middle of the trail and we had four or five hikers just under the tarp getting out of the rain uh, and that was a funny moment too you know everybody kind of coming together I've spoken about this before about the trail is like a great unifier but weather only uh increases that unification and kind of just brings everyone together in the same <laughs> the same wet boat so um you know that was uh, a real a real blast and it's always great to to be dry and to see everything else around you getting soaked you're like oh thank god i'm not <laughs> not currently getting wet at least i have a little bit of just a little ounce of dryness on me so uh that was that was great And, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, uh, the wonderful time we had in Gorham, uh, which I know already is a little further back at this point. That was before we crossed into Maine, but had a great time in Gorham, took some time off. Stephen's brother came to visit and filled us up with delicious food. It was just a Roman feast, one course after the next, kept bringing out more dishes, um, I could not have been more full. I honestly think I, I probably gained back a couple pounds, uh, which is good, because I've certainly lost quite a few pounds, so uh, comforting to know that I'll be able to uh, finish this Nobo flip with at least some meat on the bones. I won't just be a sack of skin and cartilage. Uh, <laughs> so that was great. Thank you, Mike, for all the hospitality. Thank you, Uncle Pat for all the hospitality. He slack-packed us, and took us to the local legion where we were able to play the the queen of hearts uh card game uh which was a riot you know i I think that's one of my favorite parts of the trail is as much as it's the hiking it's all the little things uh outside of hiking seeing all these small towns and happenings around town that you know you wouldn't i wouldn't normally see i don't know how i mean i have no connection really Direct connection to the armed forces, so to be able to get an inside look at the Legion and how that kind of s- operates, and uh, you know the camaraderie and the connection that the guys have in there, I, that was a real, uh, it was a real treat. I really enjoyed that. Um, so thank you to Uncle Pat um, for uh, allowing us in and uh, signing us in as guests and whatnot. That was truly um, nice time. Gorham itself, good town, not a ton going on, but. Uh, a couple hostels. So, uh, again, if you're hiking, uh, make your way through through Gorm. Stop at Rattle River or The Barn uh, for a, uh, uh, you know, a very bare-bones experience, I'll say. Although Paul is a lovely hostel owner, so chat with Paul because he'll, he'll be a hoot. No, no two ways about it. <laughs> um, I want to read a small little section of uh, Vagabonding here uh, to close out this part two of the pod. Um, more pod to come in the future, there won't be any service from here to Katahdin, so, uh, in the in-between time, I'll do, we'll do another episode, um, and, uh, yeah, and then in the southern half, there will definitely be more consistent service, so try to bang out a, a couple more as well, hopefully we'll get up to, like, 12 episodes, something like that, probably not more than that, um, but I hope you've been enjoying the pod, so far, a nice way to follow along with uh, the adventure that we're having, and a good uh, sort of journalistic thing, I think, for, for me to do a nice way to look back and uh, listen to what life was like then and kind of bring back all those fun memories. So, here is a small little piece from Vagabonding. This is uh, of, from the Vagabonding profile of John Muir, uh, who I spoke about earlier on the pod. He's uh, a known vagabonder and uh, someone who an environmentalist uh, in his day, sort of an original. Um, So here's the quote. Uh, Muir believed that the worst mistake you can make in life is to consider yourself separate from your destinations, experiences, and surroundings. Here's his quote. As soon as we take one thing by itself, we find it hitched to everything in the universe. So I think, you know, there's a certain... Um, maybe not mysticism I don't want to get too uh, woo-woo As they say uh, about this But I, I like um, I like that way of thinking uh, And trying to, trying to be less object-oriented uh, to, We have a tendency as humans To, to think about things as, as objects And kind of remove ourselves from the analysis But um, if you can sort of become a little more Not become a little bit more, but try to practice more of a a meditative state and see yourself as being interconnected. Um, I think you can can maybe see a little more deeply into the experience itself and take it for for what it is, as opposed to just sort of analyzing it and logging it. Um, And I I definitely talked about this a little briefly before with the comedy sex god book by Pete Holmes, because he talks about that too. And You know oneness versus uh, you know compartmentalizing everything and uh, comparison. You know uh, I I brought up the the quote that he used about the flowers in the garden. I think in episode three of like, oh these these roses are nice. They have them in Brentwood, and oh I've seen these before, but I haven't seen these before. So you know we can get we can get trapped in that way of thinking and just constantly. uh, Sorry, I'm looking at two dogs. Playing with each other, it's very cute, um, <laughs> but you know that can be uh, overwhelming. I think at times, and it's good to good to try to pull back from that and to 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 not be swept up in this in this constant need to to log to log things and to to make those experiences. <laughs> different from you know other experiences as opposed to just more life more beautiful life so uh i don't know for me that that's meaningful might not be for everyone else um but hope you enjoyed this little part two of the pod um this nobo flip has been a real treat we are 130 miles from katahdin roughly uh i'm gonna head into the 100 mile wilderness and then Baxter State Park is 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 right there, so we're real close. Almost done with the nobo flip, the sobo flop soon to come. Uh, if you'd like to help out with the trail fund, uh, you know I say this every time, but you can Venmo Ruben Dash or Cash App Ruben Sandy. I'll put more uh, of the that description in the uh, more of those details in the description. A Little mind fart there. Uh, so you know uh, whatever you can do to help out is, is appreciated for hostels, for resupplies. Uh, it goes a long way. certainly, you know I saved up as much as I could before the trail, but every little bit helps uh, in a dish. So again, whatever whatever you can do. And then you know if you're interested in writing into the pod, you have questions, concerns, comments uh, write into the pod. It's with you and me at gmail.com. More than happy to read out your questions on the pod, answer them. I think that'd be it'd be fun, be fun for me to stay connected and whatnot. But uh, totally up to you guys. I'll put more information on that in the description as well. Uh, so yeah, signara, stay well, stay healthy, happy hiking. Uh, and um, you know, if you're in New York or the D.C. area, let me know. I'll be passing through on the way back to Shenandoah to head south. So hopefully we can we can touch tips and talk hiking. Episode 6, that's a wrap.